You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Mark, and Troy. Hello everyone and welcome out to Trophy Horrors episode 299. You may hear a different voice that doesn't sound like the usual tricky. That's because Mark, myself, I'm hosting because Tricky and Troy are on a romantic getaway in Boston at PAX East. So we're down two. But today we have the tenacious trophy trio that is myself and along with me is the man, the myth, and the legend, Alex. Lucia, host of Trophy Horrors, as voted by the fans. It's true. But then, also, we're not alone. We have one other. The hit monkey to my Deadpool. The one half, if we were, we would be the tag team champions. It's Yield. Super kick party! Sorry. So glad you made that reference. <laughs> well, like I said, Tricky and Troy are currently enjoying all the loveliness that is the cold weather of Boston for PAX East. So, with that being said, we're going to go into our total updated trophies because it's a new week and we've played a few games. I will start off with Troy, who, as we know, is playing a lot of Zelda, but he is still level 19 with a total trophy count of 3,311 with 39 platinums. And Tricky, of course, you know, still with his total, he is level 32 right now with 7,969 trophies and 72 platinums. And Alex, how are you doing on trophies? Yep. I, so I am level 28. I have 6,011 trophies and 85 platinums in 84 games. I'm at 88% on that level, so moving up to level 29 real soon. I'm getting there. I'm pretty sure one more plat one more platinum should get you on the cusp and into 29. Well, that should be happening here within the week. Nice. And then yield. How's your trophies doing? I am uh, still at level 24. Trophy count of four five five nine, and a new platinum of 68. So my average is still staying alive, and I will get to my new platinum in what I've been playing. Did anyone hear the, else hear the Bee Gees when he said staying alive? Or is it just me? I think it was just you. I, I kind of didn't get the... It, it didn't click in my head right eh, away. Eh, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Eh, 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 staying alive. That's staying in the show. And um, happily, I have finally got over the hump of being level 27. I am now level 28. With a total trophy count of 6,926, and I have 36 Platinums, so I have a new one. But also, I'm 1,043 trophies away from catching up to Tricky. Ooh! So, the gap was almost near the 1,100, 1,200 range, slowly getting there. I just hope there's more conventions so he's not around to play games. Because that's the only way I'm going to catch up. (laughs) Well, we all know that winter is the only time he works actually at work. Every time, other every other month, he plays video games at work. So you're 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 getting you're moving out of the prime time to catch him since he can't play games at work when it snows. All you have to do during the summer month is maintain the gap and then dive back at him next winter. 
Right, and it's the exact opposite. My work will pick up more towards like the end of spring and summer. So now that this is the time where I get to play the most games, so I'm just like, uh, I just gotta power through a lot of games. And speaking of playing and powering through games, you'll, why don't you tell us what you've been playing since I'm curious to hear about your new Platinum. So, uh, we'll go through what I've been playing. Uh, the other day I fired up, I, I, I was bored before I went to work, so I fired up the three, I messed around in some Sky Fighters and Frogger Returns. Been playing a lot of dangerous golf when I get home, uh, just trying to kind of get through. There's a, there's 100 courses divided up into 10 courses of 10. So I'm about almost to the sixth uh, tour, so to speak. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying that game. Uh, played some Lego movie with my niece today. Uh, played some Knack. Um, but my newest Platinum. I first and foremost have to give uh, a huge early shout out to Alex for the inspiration of going back and getting this platinum. And the the, the reason being was I, I was bored one night when I got home from work, staying up too late, and I was comparing trophies and just Uh-oh. scroll just scrolling through, and I was overly impressed of how many hundred percent Alex has on not just non platinum games, but games he's platinumed and got all the DLC. So I was just like, wow. I, so I was scrolling through all of it, look, you know, just on at what he's done. And I get to the bottom of his list, and there's Ghostbusters, the game, which I had thought about playing. Uh, Homer's got it. So I thought, all right, I'll play that game. But he's at like 96, 98%, which seems well, this, rather the, odd. The servers for that game must have gone down years ago. It, it had. Cause so, so I was like, well, it has to be a multiplayer trophy. Looked it up, it was. So I go over to PlayStationTrophies.org, and I look up the game, and when you click in to go to the forums for that game, right at the very top of the thread, certain, you know, Platinum no longer attainable, servers are closed. So I'm like, huh, I wonder if that, has, I wonder if that says that about the game that I Platinum. I go back over, clicked on it, and at the very top of the uh, forum, it was like, let's put this to rest now, the servers are not closed. So I was like... Oh my god, I could go back because this was supposed to be my very first platinum period. So, so I, uh, so they're they're like, well, the change of services, the terms of service agreement changed. This company is no longer this video game company is no longer around. So you have to have one of these four games, put it in your system, accept the new terms of service, go back, put in the game that you want to play. And voila, it'll log in. You're good to go. So I tried it, and it worked. And I was so absolutely thrilled and happy. So, after all that nice long speech and blah, 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 the my newest Platinum was Mercenaries 2 World in Flames. Ooh. Yeah, that was one that I, I think the... One, there was one trophy that swayed me from getting it. I was like, well, I'm never getting that trophy, so why even bother getting all these others? Uh, which I kind of don't agree with now because I will get as many trophies as I can in a game, even if I yeah. am not able to get the platinum. Was that Billion Dollar Baby? Billion Dollar Babies, yep. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I saw a video online how to get the billion dollars because they said that playing through the game, you know, it, you know, j- just collecting all the contracts and grabbing your cash bundles here and there, you only total around uh, seven. 17 million it wasn't really that much considering you got to get to a billion so uh i watched a video where you know the winching challenge 
with the helicopter where you got to stack the container crates and then put the little cargo box on top to get it above so many meters. We'll say sure to that. Okay. Yeah, I don't they, remember the game. They, they said that was the fastest way to do it. You know, you build up your money amount, go max bid, and then just keep doing that, and then the max bid keeps going up, and then sooner or later you'll get it. I started off with almost zero money, so it took me maybe like six hours playing on and off to get it, but it's that was like, wow, that's really easy to farm that. You know, you just got to have the patience. And when you get really good at it, you can almost do it in a minute. So, hmm. but anyway, I got Mercs 2, World in Flames. Totally stoked that I got that because I loved Pandemic Games. So, and going yeah, back for- and... I'd forgotten Go about ahead. them. I'd forgotten they had made that game. And going back and replaying it, I thought, man, this is going to be rough. You know, because that was like one of the early, like within the first year of the of the PlayStation 3. And I'm like, man, this is going to be a little rough. But going back and playing it, I still enjoyed the game. Because I, I had, I had you know, I had lost a couple of PlayStations. So my save file was gone. So I had to start back at the very beginning of the game, play through the whole game to unlock all the uh, the stuff and you know the stuff to buy, and I I really still enjoyed the game. It it, it was fun. The good thing was I had already got my trophy for uh, getting all the high value targets alive, so I didn't have to worry about that. I could just go in there and if I caught them alive, great. And if I didn't, oh well, picture. Thank you for the money. I'm leaving. So nice. yeah, super stoked for that. It's always nice when you go back and get a platinum of a game like that's X amount of years old that you like forget about or you wish you platinum, but you're still able to somehow get the platinum in it. Oh yeah, it, th- th- that was what I figure out. Eight years in the making. I started I started that game in 2008, so eight nine years in the making. I finally got the platinum. Yes, the most satisfying platinum in the world. Right now yeah, it is. Yeah, a few years back I went back and got Arkham Asylum and Dead Space. And a few other games, like, four years after I played them. So, it was... I know that feeling, too. Not eight years, but... Congratulations on the... The long trek to Mercenaries 2. Thank you. Alright, and so... Alex, uh, what are you playing this week? Or, past week? Uh, mostly Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm at, like, 70% completion now. So, over the next couple days... It's a nice thing about doing inventory. You have the next day off, and then pretty much the day... And then I have the day after that off, so... I might be getting that platinum here real soon. Um, one the, you know, I'll, I'll just say real quick. Uh, I mean, I talked about it a lot last week. Uh, I, I really like Horizon, Zone, Horizon Zero Dawn a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, the combat's fun. I like traversing the world, I like meeting the people, I like learning the story. Uh, it's a great. It's a. It's a fucking phenomenal game. So I'm still really enjoying it. Uh, a few things I noticed though. A few weird things that I've mentioned to people, and these, these don't detract from the game and how much fun it is. It's just kind of like a uh, small, a few small things that I noticed. Like uh, even though it's raining, like pouring down monsoon rain, that uh, camp or campfires, like the bonfires that you light for save files, are still going strong. Uh, and you even got like certain characters, certain NPCs that you get quests from sitting out in the heavy rain. Uh, I also noticed uh, this is. Sometimes Aloy's her comments she makes don't really fit the context of the mm. of the story. Like she'll be like talking about like meeting up with like machines in the area or like she's in danger or something like that. And I don't see any machines at all. 
the, the weirdest thing, though, and this is actually kind of funny because it's kind of badass, but it's, it's, it's like, super dangerous. Like, if you ever got caught doing this at work, Osha would have a shit fit. Uh, whenever she repels or any character repels, they will literally jump off a cliff first, turn their back to the ground, and then throw their rope to secure. Right? She does this, like, weird spinning motion. And it's like, you know what? So, yeah, the, she'll jump off the cliff and, and turn and then throw the throw the rope back up as she's falling. It's like, what if your, your, your grappling hook or whatever doesn't take to a rock or a tree or a crevice and you just fall to your death? Like, it's incredibly unsafe, like, that you don't... Like actually secure your line before you jump off the cliff. That I mean, that was funny. Like I said, it's it's a little thing that no one. I mean, I don't know if they didn't think about it or if it's just like, hey, let's make her look badass. Like she's like carefree. I'm gonna go fight these machines and I'm gonna repel off mountains as dangerous as dangerously as possible. So that's one thing I noticed that I thought kind of funny is the the repelling is like I don't give any fucks. I'm just gonna do this right now. Yeah, it's like uh, it's, it's good to throw caution to the wind. Be like, oh yeah. The, the, this is completely impossible to have that kind of accuracy while you're turning in midair and falling. But hey, it's allowed. Yeah, as, as Bruce, as a, to quote a Bruce Willis movie, "Live free or die hard." It's a good quote. So you just been playing Horizon all week, which is still a good game to play all week. Yeah, I gotta push through it here to get to the review. I'm just kind of like, I heard that people are trying to like to get to level fifty in Horizon. They're playing the last mission over and over again, or something like that. Uh, I am at level, almost at level 43, basically, and I still have, like, five or six more story trophies to go. So as long as you do, like, missions and, like, the side missions and stuff, and you yeah. go, like, you'll have no trouble getting to 50. You probably get to 50 before the end of the game. I got to level 50 halfway through the game. Like, at the halfway point. Like, my, when it says, like, game progress total, I think I was at, like, 52.47% or something like that, and I was... Or no, it was more than that. All right, I had a good portion of, like, all the side stuff done before I did any story stuff, so by the time I was on the last, like, five or six story missions, I was all 50. Nice. And that's actually so that's actually a nice segue, because you got a new Platinum this past week. I did my newest Platinum. It's been a couple weeks since I've gotten one, but I did Platinum Horizon this week. Bravo. Which was... First member of the Trophy Horse. Hopefully I'm second. Uh, but Tri- I don't know if Tricky's going to beat me to that or not. Ah, nah, probably not. He's nah, probably not. Gone. But I actually... My opinion of the game has changed a bit, both good and bad. Because I played in the game, and then I realized under game progression, I still wasn't at 100%. So that kind of bothered me. So I feel like there's something I missed. So I went through, I made sure I had 100% game complete, did everything... I still am a firm believer the only thing that really kept me going from this game was the story. The story is really good. The gameplay, like I said, it's not a bad thing that there's a lot of different feels like, you know, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry. Like, that's not bad. They uh, melded a, a lot thing. of game genres yeah. together. It, like, took all the good sides. Like, I was telling my friends, I was like, it's a better Far Cry Primal than Far Cry Primal. Like, it's... I liked it. I enjoyed it, and I also like that it's a complete story. There's no DLC to finish a story. The story is compl- like it's a well-told story. In fact, that it's Guerrilla Games and their franchise of Killzone, while not bad, was there's some games that were great. Like I still like three the most, and then it's and then the first one. But I was like, this is a really good game. Like this could kind of push them forward to be like another like an actual AAA studio, like up there with Naughty Dog. And it's not, especially with the storytelling, but still the repetitive nature. I thought 
there would be more game like more diversity to the gameplay of it because you can go through the game just using a bow the whole time or a trip caster you don't actually have to well, sit there no because some of the weapons no some of the uh the, the hunting grounds you need different weapons well yeah i meant like well the hunting grounds you don't have to really complete for the story like you can complete the game with just using your bow and like tripwire if you want to get the platinum the hunting grounds yeah you're gonna have to use the sling and the trip caster and everything else but it's like realistically you could go through with just the regular precision arrows or the hardpoint arrows and terror blast arrows and just clear the main story of the game. But then, so I got this platinum earlier in the week and I actually, um, for those who checked it out, I posted about it on a few forms of social media. Target was doing a buy two, get one free for video games all week. So when I went to go pick up my copy of Ghost Recon, I decided to grab Nier Automata and then I got, I picked up For Honor for free and then I picked up uh, a couple, of, like uh, I think it was like Dark Souls 2 and Bloodborne. And then I picked up the God of War 3 Remastered for free. So I actually started playing three games after that. I started For Honor, and then I started playing some of uh, Bloodborne. But really, I'm just spending a lot of time with Ghost Recon. I think that's going to be my next Platinum, because I actually really enjoy it. Um, now, without, especially for the, now, without spoiling anything, because I, I haven't... I haven't received my copy yet. Mm-hmm. Is is going through the trophy list or looking through the trophy list? Is that is that something that you'll have to spend a lot of time, you know, co-oping, or mm, or, nope. or or is it is the platinum obtainable by not even meeting up with anybody? I there's I think there's only one co-op trophy. Oh well, that's awesome then. I, I like games and, that do that. Because it's such an open world game that a lot of the stuff is basically, obviously there's going to be story stuff, but a lot of collectible based and like weapon type kills. Other than that, it's a straightforward, I think that's, this is going to be a pretty easy platinum. It's just going to be time consuming, uh, time confusing for someone more the skill style, like taking out enemies, like trophies. But other than that, I think it's going to be, I mean, other than the one co-op trophy, I'm pretty sure if you Spend enough time, it can be obtained in like a week, maybe two weeks if you're playing casually. Awesome. Yeah. That's, I'm trying to think. Yeah, so I've just been playing that. That's, I like it. I was, I was pleasantly surprised because it's Ubisoft Montreal, which basically they, their main games were like Just Dance and the Rayman games. And then they, I think they helped with the first Watchdog. So I was like, wow, I was like, this is a really good Ghost Recon game and especially a Tom Clancy game. And I was like, these are the people who do Just Dance. And they made this. And I was like, it's a better version. It's I tell everyone it's an open world game of the division, but better and in the jungle. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. I have no segue. I'm pulling a tricky right now. So yep, it's everything we've been playing this week. I'm pretty sure, like I said, Troy's playing Zelda on the Switch, and I'm pretty sure Tricky, I mean they're playing there's almost what, 20 plus games for PlayStation that are playable on the showroom floor at PAX East this year. So I'm pretty sure they have their fill of a slew of games they're playing. And speaking of PAX, we're going to go into some news. And first up, coming out of PAX, because it is PAX weekend as we're recording this, so obviously we're going to have a PAX heavy news day. And I'm going to start off with Final Fantasy, because obviously Square Enix has a 
very, very big year full of games, and it's also their 30th anniversary for Final Fantasy, and they actually revealed the Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age Collector's Edition. So, the Collector's Edition is actually now available for pre-order, and it's just like the Final Fantasy XV, their big Collector's Edition, it's only on the Square Enix store, and it's pretty steep in price. It's $199.99. Man, that's like two Collector's Editions. Yeah, well, don't forget, their Final Fantasy XV one was, what, $260? That's Because it had the Play Arts figure. This one actually comes with an exclusive Judge Magister's minibus set. So instead of one minibus, you're getting five. So you get the judges from the game, which is Judges Bergen, Drace, Gabranth, Gis, and then Zargaboth. And then you also get a selection of soundtrack music from famed composer Hitoshi Sakamoto. And then you get the Steelbook with exclusive art. Then you get a set of six just like high-res cards featuring Vian, Ash, Bosch, Fran, and Bathier, Pinello, and then the world of Ivalice. And then you also, on top of it, get a digital code to unlock the Final Fantasy XII official soundtrack background music option in-game. So I feel like they're carrying over the trend from Final Fantasy XV where you can select music from the game itself and have it play in the background like on a radio. And also, all pre-orders of the game, regardless of which edition you get, will also receive a PS4 static theme and four music tracks by Hitoshi Sakamoto that will be unlocked the day it comes out, which will be July 11th on PlayStation 4. So, I don't know. that. What do you guys think? That's kind of a steep price. Uh, yeah. I'm certainly not playing, paying that for a Final Fantasy game. I, to be honest, I would really be hard-pressed to pay that for any game, unless it's like a rare... Like, if there were, like, one of the few copies of Mega Man 3, like, the NES cartridge Mega Man 3, like, I might consider that. But even that, like, for one of my favorite games, it's just way too steep. Yeah, that's pretty high. Yeah, it, I just noticed, too, because I was thinking about it when I was uh, reading this, because I've never played Final Fantasy twelve. It was kind of, when it came out on, like, PS2... It's when, uh, like, Blue Dragon was coming out, and I was, you know, on Xbox 360, and I was kind of waiting for, you know, the PS3 and everything to come out. So I kind of stopped playing any games on the PS2 for, like, the last year or so of its life cycle. And then I realized, ever since between Lightning Returns and then Final Fantasy XV, we've been getting, like, HD, like, you know, collector's edition games. Like, we had, uh, like, they ported the PC version of 7, but we got 10 and 10 to HD... Now we have 12, and I was just like, I don't, I get it because they're first-time buyers, but I don't see how you can put, even I think the regular version of the game is going to be $60. I was like, I don't know how HD remastered of these previously released games can really be worth such a price tag. Like, the art looks beautiful, but I just can't get over that price. That's really, I mean, I'm sure it's going to sell. I mean, look at the Final Fantasy XV collectors, and I know people who... Oh, your Final Fantasy people will buy it. Oh, yeah. There's, especially because it's the 30th anniversary this year. I'm holding out because even though it wasn't announced, I'm still a firm believer we're going to get a 30th anniversary collector's set of most of the games going to be included. So I'm just holding out for that before I pre-order anything, even just a regular base version of this game. And next up for... Continuing the PAX train. There's no segues. It's all PAX right now because we're just PAXing in all the news. <laughs> so the next one comes up because Telltale had a nice, lovely panel at PAX East, and they went over 
and gave everyone a screenshot and a little bit for Guardians of the Galaxy. So, uh, Paxis, Telltale Games, as well as Marvel Games' Bill Roseman spoke about the game during their Paxis panel. The series will be filled with Easter eggs because they really brought up the fact that the game being independent from any of the established canon, which, as you know, they've done with everything else, that all the licensing, they kind of shy away from the canon and have their own condensed stories. They, uh, Bill and Twitch, or Telltale said, the game series will be filled with Easter eggs. However, for fans of the Guardians, whether you're watching them in film, in their animated series, or read their comic books, the game will... That's, so we're all going to get, you know, a nice... Easter egg, keeping the story true to its roots, but it's not going to follow any dead set storyline you've already seen. They said the game will include a female character not yet seen outside of comic books who is relatively new to Marvel. Roseman and Telltale's Job Stoffer would not confirm who she is, however, leaving it for fans to speculate about who that may be. Telltale also said it would be aiming for a PG-13 slash teen audience rating with the Guardians of the Galaxy episodic game and that there will be characters who aren't on the Guardians team in the story when asked whether other cosmic Marvel characters will appeal. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys seen the screenshots. It's, I mean, they, they released three screenshots, like about five screenshots. Um, I don't know if you guys saw them. I like the detail of it, it kind of is a more polished, I want to say, closer to like Tales of the Borderlands for that style of animation instead of like The Walking Dead or how The Wolf Among Us had like that almost gritty like pencil coloring with the cell shading. Yeah. It does. Yeah, excited. Oh, I am. I, I And I was even looking at the voice acting. Yes. No, Nolan North. Actually- Oh yeah, that is actually part two of this. Telltale also announced the voice cast for the entire Guardians team. Friday Night Lights star Scott Porter will voice Star-Lord. Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor actress Emily O'Ryan will star as Gamora. Uncharted actor Nolan North will portray Rocket. And Watch Dogs Brandon Paul Ells will voice Drax. And The Wolf Among Us Adam Harrington will lend Groot his signature dialogue. Boy, he's got the easiest lines. I know, right? But I'm actually, because I, I watched the announcement trailer, I'm actually excited for Nolan North to voice Rocket. And it kind of, because I, no offense to Bradley Cooper, but Nolan North, even in the little teaser stuff, was really good at Rocket. And I was like, well, why can't he do the voice in the movies? It's <laughs> <laughs> like he needs to act. That's true. Yeah. So. More details they released after going over the voice acting was the series will also will follow the team after a major battle in which they discover a powerful artifact. Each of the Guardians wants the relic for different reasons, as does a villain who is the last of her kind. No exact release date has been announced, but Guardians of the Galaxy, which will see the team venture from Earth to nowhere and more locations aboard the Milano, is set to debut sometime this spring for console, PC, and mobile devices. Any thoughts? I mean, awesome. besides that, Nolan North. Man, that was the uh, the most generic description for a game. I mean, I realize <laughs> I don't want to give everything away, but it's like, yeah, they're going on an adventure. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> they're, after, they're after a powerful artifact. And they all want it for personal reasons. Yeah. It's like, I feel like I've heard that before. Don't you Not dare try to rip aware. the Guardians of the Galaxy apart. Right. More than right. a feeling. 
That was the one thing I was kind of upset. Like, yeah, the, I'm glad we got the voice acting list and we got some screenshots and trailers. I want to know about the soundtrack for the game. Oh, it's got to be stellar. I mean, it's stellar because they're in space. Oh, that's a good pun. Intended, motherfuckers. Keeping that in. So, Telltale also, during their panel, talked about another franchise that has actually already started, The Walking Dead, the Telltale series, A New Frontier. They talked about the third episode entitled Above the Law, which will be releasing on March 28th. During their PAX East panel, not only did they reveal the next episode will be arriving at the end of the month, A New Frontier took a different approach to its release. It debuted the first two episodes at once when it launched in December. Instead of a full trailer, Telltale brought a clip from episode 3 exclusively shown to the PAX audience that hinted at what's to come in the latest chapter. A New Frontier introduces players to a new protagonist, Javi, and sees the return of Clementine, who starred in the first two seasons of Telltale Take on The Walking Dead. So, yeah, that's all the details they gave. Just We got a new episode on March 28th. Sweet. I can't I'm wait just, for it to go on sale. You know, I'm just at this point so sick of The Walking Dead that I, quite frankly, every time I hear The Walking Dead, just kind of shut down completely. Don't hate. I'm in the same boat as you, so I understand that completely. I mean, the first season. Yeah. The first season was really good, obviously, and you know the show was good to a point. But like, I, it's just kind of the point where I don't want to hear the Walking Dead about the Walking Dead anymore. Like, I don't want to see anything like on Facebook about it. I don't want to watch the show. I don't want to play the games. Um, yeah, pretty much. So, what you don't want an easy platinum? Oh yeah, certainly not. It, like, yeah. You know, it's nice every once in a while just to play a game and enjoy the game. And not and like go through and not have to be like, well, I got to do this for the platinum. I got to do this for the platinum. But so every once in a while, it's kind of nice just to to like lay back and just kind of take it easy in, in that kind of way. But quite frankly, like I don't know. I really like some of the Telltale games, so I don't mind necessarily how easy the platinums are to get, as long as I'm challenging myself with other games. I just The Walking Dead to me, like after killing off so many characters on the TV show, I just stopped caring because it's like, well, if you're going to kill off everyone that I care about, why the fuck should I care? And then with the game, it was just so horribly depressing. It's like, I understand that death is a part of life, but this is so morbid and terrible. Like, I don't really want to play this anymore as well, as well, as it, as well done as it was well-written, well-crafted. Um, I just don't want to play that kind of thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say, like, I liked season one of The Walking Dead that they did for Telltale. Because, you know, you really got into the characters, like Lee and protecting Clementine and everyone else. And then I felt like a disconnect because even though I couldn't relate to Lee because I wasn't a criminal and, you know, taking care of, like, you know, some eight year old. But then there was, like, a disconnect where I have to play as Clementine. I don't, like, there's this, like, the disconnect. It wasn't as the character driven and as impactful story i do however think a new frontier with introducing the new character main character and having it like kind of freshen up the story it did kind of renew my interest in the telltale walking dead franchise but i'm the same way with the tv show i don't i don't care i'm tired of zombies
And speaking of things that will kill you, at PAX Dead East, Air. Me, I know, right? I we we like, did not. I was expecting Neil to no. kind of swoop in there and like defend uh, The Walking Dead because he made a comment earlier, but uh, nope. For some other reason, like I have all the news stories like on tabs, and when I click to it, it auto reloads every tab. So when I closed out The Walking Dead and went to the next story, it was like reload. I'm like, no, like how are you supposed to do this? You could take all that out, tricky. So speaking of. Okay. They, they they they've they've made a they've made a game based on Troy. They did, because at PAX East, the Friday the Thirteenth game gets a killer new trailer. So, as as you might not know, Friday the Thirteenth the game has been a hotly anticipated game since it was revealed on Kickstarter back in October two thousand fifteen. Since then, the game has seen several intermittent reveals and a delay to add additional polish to the game. That said, the de- Development is coming along, and if the trailer above, as well, I just watched earlier, is indicated, we are in for some of the most brutal kills ever animated for the game because they did actually go through and change some of the animations. Um, the developer Gun Media also revealed during PAX a look at an all-new character model for Jason Voorhees from horror legend Tom Savini, which I didn't even know he was helping them with the design, so that's actually pretty cool because he did work on some of the Friday the 13th. And according to the official Twitter page for the Friday the Thirteenth, it's supposed to come out early 2017. So I'm not sure because it's technically still early 2017. We're in March, so hopefully we'll get more details on a release date soon. So does this something interest you guys? Or are you guys over the whole online 4v1 type games? I mean, I'd kind of like to see it just to just to play it or like play a demo. Um, but I don't know. I don't know much about this developer, so I don't want to, you know, crap on them right away. Like I don't know who they are, um, so I want to give them a shot. And since it's Jason and Friday the Thirteenth, it could definitely be a lot of fun. Um, don't mean to sound like a weird serial killer type guy there, uh, but it could be like, it could be. It's probably like unlike any game I've ever played because I don't play a whole lot of those games. I don't play four on one. I don't play a whole lot of online. And when I do, it's like either massive skirmishes or you know one on one in like a wrestling game or something. So. Um, no, I definitely think that could be interesting just to figure out if you're Jason, kind of just run around and just go at people. And then if you're the, you know, the, the campers, like figure out a way to take down the giant monster. Yeah. It's, um, everyone compares like for games like this to like evolve. This is more like the game on steam called dead by daylight. So, um, I don't know much about the developer either. I honestly, when it was announced on Kickstarter, I backed it instantly i was like yes i friday 13th i'm a big horror film buff so i backed it so i can get like the game and the skins and i i'm gonna get like the soundtrack on vinyl um i have faith in them and also it's it's nice to see these properties being like licensed out and getting some games made for them because i think the last friday 13th game that came out was on uh was on the nintendo the original one uh, I believe, uh, yeah. That might be. Yeah, so it's been a couple years. I half expected Yield to say something. No, I, 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 I don't. I'm not I'm not into the, the horror genre, so I'm just kind of like, okay, that, yeah, you know. I'd pass through. It, yeah, but, it, it, it'll find its niche with those type of people. And, and, and the whole, the concept of, of, you know, four people trying to take down the one big bad monster and the one big bad monster trying to kill the four players is intriguing, but 
there always seems to be something in the game that always allows always it always feels like that allows one side to prevail over the other oh yeah i've put a lot of hours in dead by daylight i can tell you flat out if you're playing with three of your friends in the 4v1 and you guys communicate because there's not a lot of maps in these games so it's like once you know the surrounding areas and you know how fast you know the one person who's like either the monster or the killer moves and you know their speeds it's very easy for everyone to survive or at least have one person survive so you win the round it's definitely one of those ones where it's like a quick it the hype and the luster of it dies out within a month yeah but thinking of things that the luster won't die out and i'm pretty sure all of us here will be excited for is the fact that during Paxi's Activision released some new gameplay footage for Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Yeah. So the video Activision released featured a playthrough of the Hang 8 level, which if you remember was the first water level from Crash Bandicoot 2 Cortex Strikes Back. You surf on that little motorized uh mm-hmm. surfboard. Yes, the I've watched the video a few times. Uh obviously in the video's description, it says this overgrown river not only highlights Crash's new on-foot moves, the slide and body slam, but gives you a taste of his first vehicle, a souped-up jet board. If, um, so, actually, this weekend, anyone who was at PAX East, they actually got to check out the game for themselves at the PlayStation booth, which I'm very jealous of. But on June 30th, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy will launch on the PS4. And that does include Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot 2 Cortex Strikes Back, and Crash Bandicoot Warped. So we don't have to wait too, too much longer. Basically, when you when you play. say that, it's basically any Crash game you could ever want to play except for Crash Team Racing. It's basically all the Naughty Dog Crashes. Yeah. Made this time done by Activision, of course. Well, hopefully they, don't, but, they can't fuck it up too bad because the game's already pretty much made. They just got to up it. Right. Make it look make it look prettier and run on a new system. Yeah, the video did look nice. I watched it a few times. I was like, oh, nostalgia. Looks it looks like it, frame rate wise too. It looks like it's going to be really smooth. I have, obviously we're not at PAX. I don't know control wise how how it plays and how it's transitioned from PlayStation One to PlayStation Four. I mean, tri- wasn't uh, I mean, Tricky took a picture at the booth and sent it to uh, I can't remember where he posted it, if it was in the like Proven Gamer like Facebook chat or if it was um, in a message just to us. But he did he he made it there, so it is there and it does exist. Yes, it. Uh, I can't wait to play it. Uh, quite frankly, I Crash Bandicoot, as I said before, was the game that led me to PlayStation. I could have had Nintendo 64 and Super Mario 64, or I could have had a PlayStation and Crash Bandicoot. I went with the or- orange, uh, the furry orange tornado, Crash Bandicoot, and I've never regretted it. So, I mean, those games hold a special place in my heart. And I Crash Team or Crash Warped is one of my favorite games ever. I think it's a fantastic platformer. Um, it still, I guarantee, it still holds up even after all these years. Uh, so, it's zuni, the zany cast of characters and challenging platforming, like just kind of speaks to me in a way that a lot of other games couldn't. And I still, even years later, even like 20 years later, I uh, I still have an affinity for those games, so they still strike that chord. Uh, it's not just nostalgia, they're still totally playable. Which is nice. And even though Activision is publishing this, 
Naughty Dog is still dropping some news on us with other games they make as Plunder Mode from Uncharted 2 and 3 is going to be making its way to Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Awesome. Plunder Mode, I actually never played the multiplayer for 2 or 3, um, but Plunder Mode, it's a variation of Capture the Flag where you can throw the object of interest, in this case an idol. Uh, changes from the mode found in the previous games include being able to traverse the environment with the idol. Also, instead of being 5v5, Plunder is now a 4v4 game type. But Naughty Dog assures fans not to worry as the number of mechanics that have been introduced into our multiplayer's moment-to-moment gameplay makes up for it. And for everyone who was at PAX East this past weekend, Plunder Mode was playable at the PlayStation booth and they were able to test out the mode on the map's island, Madagascar City, and rooftops. Awesome. I've always liked Plunder Mode. I'm still waiting for him to bring back uh, the the round robin 2 versus 2 versus 2. See, I I want to get excited for it. Like, I played Uncharted 4. I just... For some odd reason, like I've said before, just like with Tomb Raider and Uncharted, I felt that multiplayer, well, the modes were fun. It was never my main cup of tea for those franchises. I just liked playing the game for the story, so I I don't even know what Plunder Mode it was until I read the article. The, the only real thing of the Uncharted series that I really got into was, the, uh, was Uncharted 2, where you could play with three people. And you kind of went through like a mini story, hmm. and it, it, you know it, it was just one of those, you know, here you go, and you kind of fought your way through a, you know, a, a level, and then you beat the boss at the end, and it was, you know, here you go, here's some, I forget the money or whatever they gave you at the end for beating it. I enjoyed that because I could, you know, with my internet, that was something that I could play and not lag behind, so. No, and you don't have to worry about eight different internet connections on one game. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I'm just... Uh, I mean, with, you know, The Last of Us Part 2 being developed in the I am... And then they have the standalone um, expansion coming out, DLC for Uncharted 4, and now this. So I was like, it's nice to see Naughty Dog is still just like, hey, we're working on a new game, but hey, we still realize how big Uncharted 4 is. We're still going to give you some content for it. Exactly. And I, the next up, I don't have a segue for this because I'm actually still kind of in on shock that this is something that's going to be existing. So Hasbro and Harmonix are teaming up to make a music card game. Okay, you have my interest. So Hasbro and Harmonix revealed Drop Mix. It's a music mixing game that features musical playing cards that play different beats when you place them on an electronic board connected to a mobile app via Bluetooth. The base pack features several different genres from rock to R&B, featuring artists like Bruno Mars, Ed Sheeran, Fall Out Boy, and also more popular artists as well. Each card also has an icon on the lower right corner indicating whether the beat will be strictly bass, a regular beat, loop, or vocals when placed on one of the five board slots. The cards have NFC chips inside, which is a technology used in smartphones with digital wallets. 
You can use Drop Mix to create and share your own beats through social media, or you can play the versus mode that allows teams of two, either 1v1 or 2v2, to face off against each other in a musical battle. In the versus mode, whomever reaches the most points first wins, and you rack up points by having more of your team's cards on the board than the other. So Drop Mix is going to be releasing this September. The base pack, which includes the game board, 60 playing cards with multiple genres, will actually be sold for $99.99. So that's $100 Ouch. right there. Yes. The Drop Mix app will be available for free on the iOS and Android store. In, additional, in addition to the base pack, additional card packs will release through the course of 2017 so that players can create their own custom decks and mix and match new tunes. Expansion packs include the genre-specific playlist packs that include 16 cards for $19.99 and Discover packs, which include 5 cards of several genres for $4.99. So Hasbro and Harmonix plan to have 300 drop mix cards available by the end of 2017. Wow. I I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know how the 1v1 and 2v2 works since... You know, I just seen a photo and that's it. I don't get that. Sounds interesting, but the price might the price seems a little steep. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, like look at Guitar Hero Live, now you can get the two guitar bundle with the game for under a hundred and that goes on your PlayStation four. This is something that not only is gonna kill your phone because it's using Bluetooth, but it I don't know. It looks interesting to say the least i'm curious but that price point already right when i read that because i didn't read the full article first i was still just staring at the photo and kind of laughing to myself but once i read the price instantly i'm like nope not gonna happen not gonna touch it yeah i i I see it's hard to drop a hundred bucks on something like that because I figured this was going to be something cool when I read it because, like, harmonics, you know, rock band, everything else they've done. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. They're kind of transcending away from rock band and rock band blitz, which I still think is a great game, and doing something unique and interesting. And then the price. Yeah. <laughs> Especially card packs for $20. I'm like, oh. 20 bucks for a card pack, that didn't sound overly bad, but the, the initial startup, I mean, once you got the music board, I don't think that would be too bad. Yeah, and the downside is too. It's like you don't know what's going to be in the sixty cards that come out with it. So, if there's music in there that I don't like, I'm not going to use those cards. But at the same time, if I'm not going to use those cards, would that hinder my progress in actually like winning the one v one or two v two or having actual full fun with the whole thing? If I don't want to use cards for artists and songs I hate, that is true. Especially when you gotta buy packs and you don't know what's in there. You could drop $5 on the little 5 card pack and you can get 5 cards that have no interest to you. But we have until September so I'm pretty sure we're gonna get some videos and some more. Obviously we're gonna get more information on this. Let's see. But so with that being said we have one more PAX news article and this one actually comes from our own tricky and it can actually be read right now on provengamer.com as Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls Rise of the Necromancer gets revealed so the post from tricky goes like this flies gather around rotting corpses and the sickly sweet smell of 
freshly spilled blood has given way to adorant stench of undeath. From the southern jungles of, not going to pronounce that, a mighty army of risen warriors approaches as we welcome the newest playable hero to Diablo 3, the Necromancer. Now, Necromancers are grim summoners who draw upon the power of blood and bone harvested from their fallen enemies. These battlefield commanders curse their enemies and reanimate their carcasses or make those corpses explode. Here's some of the details of what the Necromancer does. You can wield the power of the dead as a Necromancer. As we said, that's the newest playable hero. It's inspired by the Diablo II hero, the Priest of Ranthma, preserves the delicate balance between life and death. Reimagined to take advantage of everything Diablo III has to offer, necromancers are masters of the dark arts who draw essence from corpses of their enemy. And like I said, you can control your undead forces from the thick of the fight as they die. And also, there's some inspiring new skills unleashed with the power of blood and bone. The Grim Scythe, which is an ability where you swing a huge scythe in a wide area, dealing damage and restoring essence. Blood Nova, which unleashes a powerful Nova dealing massive damage to surrounding enemies. Then there's Devour, which consumes a corpse to instantly restore essence to power your other skills. Then there's Golem, summon a powerful ally like the mighty Blood Golem, which can drain the blood from your enemies, dealing damage and restoring your health. And lastly, there are two more, Leech, which curse enemies so that attacking them transforms their life energy to you and your allies, and Blood Rush, which shed your mortal flesh and pass through the solid objects to swiftly reach new locations. And as well as all the other content in Diablo 3, you can collect necromantic sets and legendaries. The necromancer will be able to collect many rare treasures from unearthly power, including new legendaries and set items. And the Rise of the Necromancer pack will include the character, an in-game pet, cosmic wings, two character slots, two stash tabs, a portrait frame, pennant, banner, and a banner sigil. Now, for more details on this new playable hero for Diablo 3, make sure you go to ProvenGamer.com to check out the video as well as some screenshots. For those of you who play Diablo 3, it's a, I think the Necromancer is going to be a cool addition to the game. So, like I said, go check it out right now, especially the video and some of those screenshots. So, what are you guys' thoughts? It seems to me like uh, Diablo is one of those things that they, like, if anyone can make money off of a few franchises, I don't think anyone does it better than Blizzard. Because, obviously, Diablo has been around for, God, what, decades? Like, at least two decades, and they're only on the third one. Um, And they just kind of, like, release all these content packs and stuff, and and these new characters. I, I... I mean, I the longevity of some of these games, because what, Diablo came out how many years ago? Was it like two years ago? Three years ago? Diablo 3? Yeah. Um, I think it's been more than that, because it just came out on PS4 two years ago. Okay, I was more, more going for the PS4 um, release. But yeah, I mean, it, it's not a game that really... I've been told that I would like it by a friend. I actually have a copy of Diablo 3 that this person gave me that uh, I still haven't opened because, quite frankly, I've been playing a bunch of other stuff. But um, I've been told it's a game that I would like. I've just never, like... It's kind of hard. If a series is so old and you don't play it and you haven't played it, like if it's it's, if it's a couple decades old and you get to the third iteration and you haven't played it, it's kind of hard to jump in there. Or it's, it's almost kind of intimidating, I would say. Um, 
which is why when I tell people, hey, you've got a PlayStation 4, go back and play this, this, and this, I don't know, sometimes it's kind of hard. Um, but, I mean, kudos to Blizzard for supporting the game still. I just, you know, it's it's just kind of nothing that really particularly excites me. Um, although maybe maybe I should give Diablo a whirl because I probably would like it. But Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I... Obviously, Blizzard, when it comes to their games like this, like StarCraft, StarCraft 2, Brood Wars, Diablo 1, 2, and 3, they, they know how to add content so you get your money's worth. Um, I, when I knew there was going to do, when I eventually heard that there was new content coming to Diablo, I thought we were going to get like a whole new fledged out like expansion, like they did with World of Souls. World of Warcraft style. Yeah, but a new playable character though, that kind of renews my interest because I did like Diablo 3. I have the Reapers. I never platinumed it. I never really fully went through and did everything else when they added like the paragon system where you can actually like transcend past being just like level 60 then you get like a new like tree and new level leveling style kind of like a lot of other games do once you hit the max level they have like the the item rating type level but this was like a whole new skill tree on top of it um I'm curious to see if this is kind of them testing the waters to kind of get renewed interest back into Diablo 3. Maybe they're going to have more stuff to come with that game. Because they, they tend to, especially with StarCraft and Diablo and WarCraft, there's always like such a big gap of at least 10 years between each numerical iteration of the game that I feel like they might be trying to just extend Diablo 3 a little bit more. I mean, it's kind of like when they release a game, like World of Warcraft, it's kind of like a platform instead of a game, because it's kind of like what Rock Band and, and Guitar Hero are supposed to be. You just keep releasing content for this game that you release, and then, you know... The only game you have to buy. I, I mean, like ten, like you said, ten years later, they release a new game. It, it works. A the system works a little bit better on the, the PC, because people are, you know, they can update their, their graphics cards and stuff, and... Based on the that the the advances in the the system hardware from year to year, like they can update the game, less less so on the p on the on the consoles because you only get those updates maybe once or twice a console cycle, but yeah, um, yeah, I mean like they they know how to make money off of one game and continue to make money, and it's because they support the games. I mean like I I have a guy that I know, I, I, a guy that I work I work with that. Uh, he and his wife take off a week of, of work to play uh, the new World of Warcraft expansion whenever it comes out. So, I mean, World of Warcraft is old as like it, I remember my stepbrother <laughs> playing that in college, and it's probably even older than that. And yet, they're still releasing expansions for it, and the expansions still look good because they're able to update it at least on PC. So, I mean, they they know how to make money, and they know how to to make um, a few games good content. And basically, like like Taco Bell, like they know how to make a lot of money off of the same five ingredients. Um, right. They just kind of repackage it, but yeah, I mean, I like I'm not a big Blizzard fan, uh, not because I think they make bad games. It's just their games don't necessarily speak to me, um, whether for you know characters or story or whatever reason or gameplay. Um, but I mean, I, I do think they um, they definitely know the financial side of it, and I think that this will be gobbled up by all the Diablo players because that game still has to be pretty damn popular for them. Oh yeah, it, it is. It's I, I have a lot of friends who still play it and they're like, You should uh, jump on I'm like, No, I'm like but you want the platinum I'm like, Yeah, but I don't wanna play the game. Is it well, I mean why why don't you want to play the game? Is it something All right. I just I got burnt out on it. Like it's 
once I beat the game, I play like I play a lot of games just for the story. I, I that's why I don't have as many platinums as I probably could have because once I finish a game in the story, I kind of stop caring about the game unless I'm like you know one or two trophies away from a platinum. But Diablo three, it was just I didn't mind playing it solo i enjoyed playing the co-op aspect of it but then when you know your friend's like all right i'm gonna move on to something else or time zone change and i'm like all right well i beat the game by myself i mean i'll jump on co-op if you really want me to but if not i have other games to play and then because you mentioned it i looked it up really quick world of warcraft came out in 2004 in november so it is a really old game <laughs> Yeah, but they, I mean, with it being a, a PC primary or only game, they can, you know, yeah. get away with it because the, the, the upgrades that people can do their own PCs, whereas you don't get that as often as the console lifespan. Yeah, and I mean, they still have a good, like, you know, fan base. Like, I thought the game was going to be in trouble for a while there when Final Fantasy fourteen came out on, like, PS4 and PC, and it was so popular, and their numbers were going up, and they were doing, like, Final Fantasy events in-game, like... You saw a dip in Warcraft's numbers, but the second an expansion comes out, like, you know, everyone goes to it. Like you said, you have two coworkers who take a whole week off to play it. Well, and what's more, like, you've got how many countless people have subscriptions to World of Warcraft that maybe don't necessarily play it, but just don't cancel their subscription? Because, I mean, what, it's like 15 bucks a month, so it's not yeah. that much money. It's like pretty much less than going to the gym. Yeah, it's. It, I'm still surprised because this is something I thought was going to happen a while ago with how well Diablo from Blizzard is doing on you know PS4 and PS3 and how well Overwatch is doing on consoles. Well, I and how especially Final Fantasy 14 being from PC to PS4, I'm surprised Blizzard hasn't tried to kind of bring World of Warcraft over to the console market because when you think about it we have star trek online now dc universe online final fantasy 14 there's a plethora of you know mmos on consoles now and i'm surprised that the front the blockbuster goliath mmo of all time is not there yet you know i'm gonna say this i think part of the problem with the console community is that so like I don't. It, I can't say that so much comes out on the on the console and not on the PC because it's it's not true. But I think that PC gamers they they will often find that one game they really like and they will kind of stick to it. You know, they may switch back and forth between a handful of games, but console gamers seem to jump ship a lot more. Like they want the hottest, They're... newest thing. They will jump to the new release. So like, if there's an online community, like you see a lot of on community online communities die in in game console games. Because there's a new game out that you know maybe shinier or better, um, or just because it's newer. So I, I think the console gamers are more willing to jump to new like other games, newer games, rather than stick with one. And I think that that may be part of the reason. Uh, I mean, Overwatch is kind of disproving that because Overwatch is a really good game. So I guess if you make a really good game, people stick around. But I mean, like Call of Duty every year, like. People buy the new Call of Duty every year, but it seems like there's so many other games out there that get released in the online communities. You know, they're 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 doing fine when they they, they first come out, but then like, you know, a, a, like a couple months out or maybe a month out, like they just die off. Yeah, it's it's, it's like video game ADD. You yeah, know, I mean, sense. you know, you, you've got this really cool game, 
and everybody's playing it, and then, you know, some people can't pick it up right away, and then when they pick it up, it's like, yeah, this game really is awesome, and everybody's like, yeah, we've moved on, that's so last week. Yeah, that does make sense, because, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it, like you said, people might still be subscribed and not play, I'm still subscribed to Final Fantasy fourteen. I have been since it came out on PS3, and I might not play it every month, but it's nice to know that if I do decide to play it, I can just log in, but... Anytime like I'm playing it, it's usually when there's a lull of games, but then something new comes out, like Horizon. Gotta play Horizon. It's like, ooh, finish Horizon. Ooh, what Ghost Recon? And then it's like, well, I'm playing Ghost Recon. It's like, ooh, like Mass Effect's coming out. So there's always, whereas you know, with PC, I still I think I only have like four PC games, and I'm content with that because they're PC only. So I will only play those games on PC because I that's my only option. Trophies, but, trophies might thing. also play into that a little bit because we've always yeah. got to get more and more trophies. It's never enough. That no, is true. Got to catch more. It's like pizza. You can have pizza and you can fill yourself with pizza, but you can never, never get enough pizza. As sooner or later, you're gonna want some more. Yeah, that, I like that. I like that analogy, especially because it's pizza. No, I want pizza. But really, that's. I mean, there's a lot of packs announcements. Those are the ones that. That I was hosting, I felt were best utilized to choose from. And the last thing I want to talk about for news, even though by the time this podcast is live, it's been kind of already out since Thursday of the 9th, but we did finally get the PlayStation 4.5 system software update on the 9th. Um, I'm not going to go over all the details because there's a lot. I'm just going to gloss over some of the major ones they did and then kind of talk about the main one which is the hard drive support that wasn't really a lot of people might not know everything they did with it now i so now I, I do have a question about that though before you dive in okay. and maybe it'll lead in so the hard drive support i didn't read about it and i did update it D- does that mean you can plug an external in and and save games on it okay so what happens is First, you have to have a fresh hard drive, and you have to plug it in. And then when you go into settings, you have to format that external. And then the downside is if you're – say you're you're downloading a game, it has to download to your console first. And then when you want to transfer it, you actually – just like when you want to delete multiple games, you can select multiple ones and then transfer them to the external. Okay. If, so, like, in my instance, I took a 2-terabyte in my book plugged in the back i already with my ps4 put a two um terabyte laptop hard drive inside of it so now i have four terabytes so i was going through taking all the games i already had installed on my ps4 and i brought them over to the external then downloaded and now i just started actually it's still going i'm downloading basically everything else because if you go to my library i have a little bit over 300 games digitally the one down, and now the best thing is, I tell everyone this is the best feature ever. So if you want to go on Woot.com or Amazon and get yourself an external hard drive, you can put all your games on the external. Unplug it. You can go to someone else's PS4 and plug it in. And as long as you go into your PSN account as a new user, all those games show up on the main screen to play instantly from the external. Okay. You just log into your buddy's system as, as a new user. Yep, and put your PSN ID and everything in. And when you log in, because when you log in, it makes you the primary. Instantly, all those games are playable. So now, if you want to go over to your friend's house and you have some games that they might not have, you don't have to bring your PS4 over. 
That is pretty awesome. I, I do like that. I, 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 I was hoping that's kind of maybe how it was. Not that I have a storage issue because I put like a one or two terabyte in mine. So yeah, and but there's one thing they don't, and I'll go over the other details first uh, before I jump into one of the issues with the hard drive support. Um, so they improve 2D images on the PSVR is one of the things. Um, they also changed uh, the resolution of cinematic mode on the PSVR will improve as well. And then for those who do remote play, you can now do voice chat in remote play on Windows PC, Mac, or an Xperia, Sony Xperia cellular device. Um, let see. Now you also have off-console availability. So they have a variety of off-console apps that make communicating with other gamers easy. As you know, you can have the PlayStation app on your phone as well, the, the community app and the PlayStation Messenger app. And for those who aren't on their PS4 and you have those apps running, if you look at your friends list, you'll see like a little cell phone device icon next to their name. And one of the other major updates for it, and this is basically for anyone who owns a PlayStation 4 Pro, there's now Boost Mode. It's a new feature in this update. This feature has been designed to provide a better performance for select legacy titles that have not been patched to take advantage of the PS4 Pro's faster CPU and its faster and double-sized GPU. This can provide a noticeable frame rate boost to some games with variable frame rates and can provide frame rate stability for games that are programmed to run at 30Hz or 60Hz. Um, Obviously, if you don't have a if you're a pro and you're gonna put on it, they they really stress the some games and select titles. So I'm not they didn't do a list of games. Um, other updates in it, really the community app and the PlayStation messaging apps on phone get updates. But the main one really is the hard drive support. Um, so uh, did you guys check out any of the other stuff you could do with it, like the custom wallpapers? You know I might. Mean- Oh, go ahead. Yo. Go ahead. Okay, I, I might mess with that. I, I'm still waiting. I, I was a big fan of the three and how you could go to different communities and download themes, especially when they brought around the dynamic themes, that you could go and and download those to your system and have those. Uh, I'm still kind of waiting for for Sony to maybe do that because what they charge in the store for dynamic themes or static themes is just kind of like, no. So uh, being able to create your own as in, you know, take pictures in a game, I, I think that would be kind of nice. I, I saw a couple of, of pictures of people were like in Uncharted 4 when you're driving the Jeep around. And I was like, ooh, that would be, you know. Oh, yeah. You know that would be good screenshots and stuff like that. So, now I hear you. I have I I still have my Resident Evil Seven uh, dynamic theme that plays like the little music box noise, and I want to so badly like take an epic screenshot in Verizon and make him a wallpaper. But I just I like the background tone of the theme for Resident Evil Seven, so I haven't brought myself to try that yet. On that note, more the- games need photo mode like Horizon Zero Dawn has. <sighs> they do I will agree a hundred percent photo mode I was gonna say I, I never really use photo mode I know like it's in uh, it's in Mad Max the game that I'm kind of you know playing through when I decide I want to go play through it 
and I just I, I don't find myself using it now that I can maybe make my own screenshot you know maybe I will you know drive around you know in, in some game or walk around and find a perfect spot and be like you know I want this picture you know or especially like in a like in Firewatch, which was very a, a very beautiful game, you know, find that perfect shot. You know, the thing about Horizon Zero Dawn is, like, you don't have to look for those moments. They'll just pop up, like, all the time. And you'll see, like, a vista or a sunset, or, like, you'll see, like, a picture that you want to take, like, with a machine. Like, those moments happen all the time. Like, you're running up a hill, and it's, like, nighttime, and the moon is up, and, like, the light hits the trees the right way, and it just shines through, and it's just like, wow, this is a really pretty shot. So, like, for me, like, photo mode is something I can explore all the time because all those things are just happening, like, without any effort at all on my part. Like, they're just all around me, and I want to stop and take a picture of it. Almost like the real world. Like, I will be walking in my neighborhood or, like, in a park or something, and I'll see a shot, and it's like, wow, it's... I really want to picture that. It's almost like that in Horizon Zero Dawn, where isn't you don't have to look for those moments; they just happen. Yeah, I agree with that. That's especially photo mode, and that I've got a slew of photos, and I'm just like, I want to like just get these like printed out. Like you know, you can get the photos printed on like canvases. Just want to get them all printed out and just like line my apartment with them. But if it's a little excessive, is it really? No, not at all. You're, I mean, you're talking to me here, so I'm going to support yeah. that fully. Right. It's like we're just going to have our, our our homes just full of Horizon photo mode sh- shots just blown up into posters and paintings and murals. Then Tricky can have an Aloy body pillow because <laughs> I'm pretty sure his crush is still going. Oh, you know I it. would say that's a I'm safe sure it's bet. Just, it's, yeah. it's as weird as ever. I had no segue from that, but then I realized I did want to mention the downside to 4.5. So, as you know, external support. You can transfer all your games over to an external and say your PS4 breaks. Boom, you got a new PS4, just plug it right in. You're good to go. If you format your hard drive and you put game data on it, you actually cannot transfer save data onto the same hard drive. That means you need either a thumb drive or another hard drive strictly for your save game data to be transferred. So, Bummer. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I didn't get it because like, I was trying, I transferred games and I was like, oh, let me transfer the saves. And I was like, you can't. So now it's like if you want to play like a game at your buddies, you have to bring not only the external, which, I mean, they're smaller nowadays, so it's, you can put it in your pocket. But now it's like... Oh, well, I have these unlockable characters. Is that? Oh, I don't have my save file. Let me. If it's not on the cloud with PlayStation Plus for you to download, you're gonna need a thumb drive to transfer all your saves and keep that too, in your pocket, or carrying case. So I thought that was something they didn't actually talk about in uh, the article on the PlayStation blog, or really in general of how the transfer works and what you like. So you can't have game save data or game data on the same external. And, yeah, so that's really it. That's it for 4.5. That's it for our news topics. I mean, that, like I said, PAX, a lot going on. And I do believe we have a Sophie's Trophy this week. We do. Would you care to grace us with said trophy? So, um, the only trophies I had left in Merch 2 was my um, online trophies. Uh, my internet does not play well with others. So, I packed up my three. I went over to Homer's house. 
you know, hooked up two different TVs and, and we're playing multiplayer. Um, what, uh, th this trophy has to do with the Damaged Ink trophy, which is you have to use 20 airstrikes in co-op. Now, I, uh, I I did some research before that, you know, went over to PlayStationTrophies.org, and there is a vast, uh, there there really is no hard set guideline. Everybody's kind of, well, this is kind of a wonky trophy. Um, the, the one uh, solid information is that you have to do it in one sitting. You know, you can't, like, drop 10 in this co-op session and then go, I'll come back to it later. you got to do all 20 in one co-op session. Um, there is a multitude of, of people saying that you have to drop 20 of one type of airstrike, and a lot of people going, no, you have to drop one of each. So I went in prepared to do both. Uh, I went in and dropped 20 uh, bombing runs, which is kind of a common one that you find throughout the game, just freebie. And then the trophy didn't pop. So I started to go down the list and just drop one of everything. But even then, I didn't get all the way. To, I had like three more to drop when the trophy popped. But um, the really what my thing about the, the Sophie's Trophies is, is no one really said that, you know, that everybody was indi indicating that each of you had to drop 20. Because Homer didn't have this trophy either. I dropped my 20 airstrikes, and when my trophy popped, his trophy popped. So I don't know if that's part of the wonkiness or if it's if it will actually happen. But it worked for us first try. We did it for we may have been at it for an hour, hour and a half, and and when it popped, and I was the only one dropping airstrikes. He was just flying around in a helicopter, making sure nobody was killing me. So hmm. if if you go back and give that game a try, you and a buddy, you know it, it may work out. Just I w I would make sure that you have your your uh, you have all the fuel upgrades bought. So that way you're not running around looking for fuel after a couple of, of bombing drop bombing run drops, and then um, you know set yourself up so you got a good you know few hours to do it and go at it. But like I said, we we got it in about a couple hours and it popped for both of us. So good times. Nice. And with that, we are going to go into our topic of the week. Um, since many of us are talking about playing Horizon Zero Dawn and I am playing Ghost Recon and you're waiting for your cup, copy of Ghost Recon. I thought of something because a lot of games seem to be going down the route of being just open world. Like just complete open world, you know, side missions this and that. And I was wondering is it becoming a trend where too many games are choosing the open world style this year and in general? Well, you know, I I've, I've haven't really given it that much thought, but I can I do agree with what you're saying because I, I like for me I like open world games because you know there's the freedom of you know what I just want to go do side missions tonight you know and and oh I want to go you know let let us just go plow through the story for a little bit but then then that problem persists is when you start to form a backlog like I've got a backlog of four games and three games that I'm trying to plow through and most of them are open world, you start to get a little bit of anxiety, you know, especially when you're like a trophy horror, like all of us are, you're like, well, I can platinum that game, but it's open world, man. I got to really ally up, you know, really set a lot of time to find all the collectibles. Ooh, I want to play that game. Oh, it's open world. 
Ooh, and, and, and you know, you kind of start to bog yourself down. But I, I don't know if that's just the trend now, like it was a few years ago when, you know, World War II games were the hot thing for PS2 for a while. And then you've, you know, and now it kind of seems episodic games are the cool thing now. So I, I can kind of see, yeah, and you know, that maybe too many games are become an open world. But I will go back to the, as long as you make a good game and you got a good story, then it does, you know, I, to me, I that's all that matters. If you just do an open world game just because that's the cool thing to do, then shame on you. I personally, I don't know if it's if there's an abundance of open world games or if just the biggest games that have come out so far this year are open world games. Is it is it like a quantity or like are we just like the games that we're choosing to play are open world games? So it seems like there's an abundance of them. I well, what got at me is because I was thinking about like because before the year started, I have like one of these little like notebooks and it's like a little Star Wars, so it's Kylo Ren on it, and I wrote down I went through my trophy list just of PS4 games that I still own, whether digital or physical, that I didn't get a platinum in, so I wrote it down in a list. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try and cross off as many of these. So I counted 54 games total that I don't have platinums in. And then this past week, you know, I bought more games from Target, their deal, and I was looking at what I platinum so far this year and what some of the newer games I bought that I was hyped up to play. And I noticed I started right off when I finally got the Final Fantasy 15 platinum. That's open world. Then I played Resident Evil not open world and then i went and i played some indie games here and there but then i was like horizon and then i was like ghost recon even yakuza zero for all intents and purposes is open world but more of like a gta style open world and then i was just like looking at all these other games i was like i was like well mass effect technically with space exploration it's not i'll consider that open world i was like there's more games coming out where it's just like explore this vast area in the game and then because i went back a few weeks ago and i platinumed the order 1886 and that's a very linear straightforward storytelling game and i was like i miss games that are just straightforward like this and like resident evil like even resident evil i mean it's not open world but you can explore you know the property and the house and this and that so you do get some freedom of how you get to walk around but i was like i miss the games like the order where it's like here's a story start to finish you don't get sidetracked because yes it's nice to take a break from the story and do side missions but when you have a game with no side missions and you're just telling a story and you can play it in like seven to eight hours and then i realized there's not a lot of games coming out that are like that and there's not a lot of games out right now that 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 is nice i i do find myself even though like you said lucia that there are a lot of games coming out that ooh, i want to play that it's open world i do find myself like digging through it you know well what game do i want to play you know in between or or like with me you know my wife likes to see a lot of the stories of the games that i'm playing so like the big games you know like horizon i can't play that when i come home from work because she's in bed so i'm like well i don't want to you know i don't want to have her miss out on anything and then be like oh yeah you missed this really cool battle and i was doing this and that and the other so I'm like, well, what game can I play in between? And I find myself going to, like, a linear story or something that's, you know, a simple platformer, so to speak. And it's kind of like, like you said, it's like, man, I kind of miss these kind of games where it's just, it's point A, point B. 
you you got a little bit of ro uh, of roaming that you can do, but you're starting here and you're ending here. Yeah, and there's like a convenience to it too, because it's just like with open world, like Ghost Recon, like yeah, there, it's open world. There's a lot of work to progress the story and this that. And I'm like, I'm this game. It kind of works that way. Like Horizon, I still even I'm not. That's not the complaint of the open world game. Too many of them because that they still have the balance to the ecosystem of this world you're in. Whereas, like, a game like Watch Dogs that I still haven't finished, or Watch Dogs 2 that I haven't even played yet, I was just like, I in the Assassin's Creed games, I'm like, I don't have the the dedication to that. Because, like, you, I didn't even think of it from a trophy-hunting standpoint until you mentioned it. And I'm like, now I'm looking at the list right in front of me, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, wow, a lot of these games, like, I'm not gonna platinum quickly because they're, they're open world. Yeah. And that's I've, gonna take well, some time. Like you brought up the Assassin's Creed games. I fully do expect to go back and at least play, you know, you know, Assassin's Creed, play the, I play the main ones, you know, the one, two, three, whatever. But I yeah. know like when you get to three and four, you've got, uh, you know, online trophies to get. I've already, yeah. put, I've already put in my mind, I am not getting the platinum in those games. I'll play I'll play through the game. I'll enjoy the story for what it is. I'll try to get all the single player trophies that I can get and then I'm moving on because I'm not uh, unless I I do some research and oh, it's a little bit of farming online but it's really not that bad, then I might give it a try. But if it's like, you know, uh, I'll, I'll throw a game out. I don't remember the name of the game, but you had to get like 10,000 kills online. No, sorry, I'm I'm yeah. I'm not putting that much time into it for a game that I just I wanted to play for single player anyway. So yeah, that's kind of like how For Honor is. Like I was looking at the trophy list. Like I'm playing it strictly because my friends had it and there and I played at E3 and I was really hyped for it. And there is an actual campaign that you can play solo or co-op. But looking at the trophies for like the online stuff, I was like, yeah, this is like an overtime platinum I can get, but there's no way I can just like sit down and like grind through and just get the platinum yeah and i don't mind games like that because i mean when it's kill related and this and that as long as it's not, like not ten thousand or fucking hell divers i was about hell to divers. say hell divers. i have hell divers i'm not getting that platinum i have put it in my mind that that's not happening but even games like that like mini like little pick up and play games like I don't mind, but from the trophy standpoint, like, these open world games and how many of them are, like, I'm pretty sure Persona 5, even though it's an RPG and it's not really open world because you kind of go from, like, page to page and each page is, like, a different part of the city or town and it's got dialogue like a visual novel and this and that, but it's still, like, there's a lot of RPGs coming out and already out this year for the beginning of the year and then it, there's a lot of open world and I'm just like, are we done with like linear games are we done with the small condensed like, stories that you can finish in like six or seven because platinum trophy aside it's like I, there are times where i could care less about a platinum if it's a great story i mean world ones with the hundred collectibles is insane i mean it's kind of like yeah batman arkham city with your riddler trophies like 500 of them ludicrous yeah. i mean I, for me the the thing is that i think that a lot of the big console games, you'll get those AAA games. It's, it's the game; those are the games we tend to focus on because they get the most media attention and the most marketing. Yeah. I, but I think the PSN is where the game you'll get those games that you're looking for, Mark. Um, Steam as well. 
right. like PSN, like you can find a lot of really good small games on PSN. Even some that I've found through PlayStation Plus. Like to give an example of a game that Yield really likes from Campo Santo, Firewatch, uh, oh, a very that game was amazing. A linear, a, a linear short game uh, with a you know a, a good story and, and well built characters. Like you you know that came out recently within the past couple years. So I mean those games do exist. It's kind of you just kind of have to wade through all the marketing to get yeah. to them. Yeah, I was yeah. I was looking at a couple of games that I sh- probably should have pulled the trigger, but I didn't because I got such a backlog of games. I almost picked up at the flash sale last week. Uh, I'm gonna say the game wrong. A booze, a booze, it, 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 it's, it's the one where you swim. You're, you're like you're like a diver. Yeah, from the people who did Journey, right? Yes, and I okay. almost picked up a drift as well. It's like a first person. Uh, Space game, and I, I find myself with my PSN games. I go with more like the linear games or the ones that are going to tell a good story. You know, there, there, there's one in the store right now that's that that's got my interest called Valley. Never heard of it. Saw it was on sale for like sixty percent. Watched the little trailer, read about it, and I'm like, you know what? That sounds kind of, kind of interesting. So, I, I, I think that. Your your like Alex was saying, your big budget games, they're gonna go for the open world because that's kind of I guess that's kind of the thing, or it fits well with the story that they're telling, where your smaller studios are gonna go with the linear because they just don't have the budget, but they're telling yeah. really good stories. So Yeah, and that's me the thing, because I guess it should be worded like basically the like it was a perfect way you said the AAA titles, the big studios, they're doing the open world, and we're getting the condensed, like just story-driven games from indie developers, or not being like mass produced or getting physical releases at launch, or like you know all the commercials. So because I mean the the open world isn't going away. I mean you got Red Dead coming by the end of the year. Yeah. All right, and so yeah, that I mean. That's really it. If you guys want to chime in on the topic, why don't you send us an email to trophyhorrors at premiumgamer.com or even in the Facebook group. I mean, I definitely think it's a good question because open world games are something that I came... Like, after Infamous, I got really burnt out on them uh, after playing so many Grand Theft Autos. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a question worth um, visiting. I think that games like Horizon and Batman Arkham City, you know, they, like even though I'm not a huge fan of open-world games because they seem like there's too much to do, certain games can pull me back in through characters, through story, um, through you know gameplay. So uh, those are just a couple examples of games that have pulled me back into kind of the open-world um, genre. And, and I really have enjoyed both. They're two of my favorite games. So, uh, I mean, well, it might seem like open-world games are kind of overdone. I mean, you, you look at all games, like puzzle games and first-person shooters. Like, I really don't think at this point that there is a... A game genre that isn't done almost—I don't want to say too much—but that just is done widely in um, space cowboys. Space cowboys. Well, there was kind of a space. Well, wasn't there kind of a spacey cowboy kind of vibe to uh, the Deadly Tower, Deadly Tower Monsters? And there was that one too. Yes. <laughs> but there, there is not enough space cowboys. Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. video game. Putting that out there. Maybe in 2017 or 2018. 
Alright, um, like I said, yeah, send us an email, trophy whores at privygamer.com, or chime off in the Facebook group, which is Trophy Whores, or Privy Gamer. Alright, so this week, even though Troy's not here, I'm pretty sure through his spirit and just being here with us, he knows the disdain and the upsetness that we have no emails. So, <gasps> I'm going to say it again right now, really quick, send us an email, trophy whores at privygamer.com. With that being said, it's time for some housekeeping. Let's clean this shit up. Proving Gamer is looking for writers, podcasters, video editors, and news reporters. Also for writing articles and videos. And if you want to apply, go over to provinggamer.com and on the top you'll see a little button that says help wanted. Click on that. You'll see all the different positions that are available and a contact page. So head on over there to provinggamer.com and click help wanted. So you can contact all of us here at the Trophy Horrors Podcast, all of us horsemen on Twitter. You can follow Tricky at Tricky Mick. You can follow Alex at Sundasaurus Rex. You can follow myself at the underscore Ion Vein. You can follow Troy at Anti Social Gamer without the I. It's A N T Social, Social Gamer. Gamer. And then you can always find the guy who you hear in the background. Yield at I I yield to no one. Also, you can email us, like I said before, and I will try my best to sound like Troy. You can email us at trophyhorsesatprovengamer.com. I repeat, trophyhorsesatprovengamer.com. Bravo. But if you don't want to email us and you want to leave us a little voice message and you want don't want to use a SpeakPipe app, which you can also check on provengamer.com, we have a phone number you can reach us at and call us anytime. Yield, what's that number? 330-PROVEN-9. That's 330-776-8369. And while you're enjoying this podcast, because it is the best podcast on ProvenGamer.com, we also have some great podcasts as well, including PG Spoilers, Remember the Loot, and The Smart Marks, which you can all find on iTunes, uh, various other apps for podcasting. But remember, Remember the Loot, and Trophy Whores are now on iHeartRadio as well. Whoop, whoop. So iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, you can listen to them from the website itself when you're on your computer. Various ways to listen to us. And, be- it- and besides oh. the fact that I think Podmageddon is happening, I mean, that we already did a Nintendo PG spoilers, I believe there may be a PAX East PG spoiler in the works. Maybe. Don't Ooh. know. I honestly thought we were about to talk about a Fori- uh, doing a uh, Horizon Zero Spoilers? Dawn one. I was like, you know what? Once I'm, I'm diving into it tonight. Once I get done with with, with recording, yeah, I'm down for that. Nice. We'll have to wait for Alex to finish that as well. But if you don't, other than listening, there's other ways to talk to us besides email. You can join the Facebook group. By looking for trophy whores. Also, we have some PlayStation 4 communities. Yield, you want to tell us about our PlayStation 4 communities? Yes, we have a Proven Gamer community. We have a trophy horse community uh, called T-Dub's Brothel because uh, 
Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Shh, I forgot the name, too. That's why I was asking you to do All it. of a sudden, I drew a blank. Oh, uh, Shuhei. Shuhei, thank you. I could yes. start it, but I couldn't finish it. Shuhei won't let us say whores on, on Sony, so it's T-Dub's brothel. And then I have my own PlayStation 4 community called the Platinum Guild, um, as as with all of the communities and even friend requests uh, for any of us on the show, uh, let us know that you're a fan of the show, maybe where you heard of heard of us or picked us up at, and then we would be glad to let you in. So there you go. I've been contemplating starting a community on there. Like I had one before for my old site that I shut down, and I just and I feel bad because there was a good amount of members, and then like I stopped doing stuff with it. So now I think there's only like four or five members. So I'm thinking about starting a new one for my site because I play a lot of Japanese niche groups. So if I do start one, I'll probably talk about it on the next podcast or in the actual group for Facebook. Sounds good. But other than our lovely communities where you can check on all of our various gaming adventures, we also have some sponsors. Money, money. Indeed. Um, so first up, we have GoFundMe. You can go you can go to gofundme.com slash is it proving gamer yes and there we'll have different tiers in which you can donate you can get various perks for that all the money you donate goes to help us get better equipment so we can continue post episode 300 giving you the best quality podcast with the best quality of trophy tips and you can just hear all our greatness and when we get all of those lovely lovely donations to help us out yield where are we going to buy this new equipment this shininess where are we going to get it that would be the wonderful website called amazon if you go to uh provengamer.com over on the believe it's the right hand side of this page you will see an ad for amazon if you click that ad it'll take you to amazon to do your shopping and it costs you absolutely nothing you can do all your shopping there after doing that and it gives the website a little bit of a kickback so um if you would do that it would help us out tremendously it doesn't cost you a thing it's just a couple of extra clicks and so yeah it's a win-win you can do all your shopping from home and you help out your favorite website and your favorite playstation podcast nice and last but not least because you know the year has already started and donations could already go in extra life extra life go to extralife.org slash proving gamer and check out our team page extra life as you know every year is an annual gaming marathon where we raise money for the children's miracle network so we do it for the kids this year is going to be on november 4th because you know you need to remember remember the 4th of november so that's a lot of remembers it's there's a lot of member berries right there. So, if you go over to extra-life.org slash gamer, you can check out our page, our team page. You can even join it if you have your own page, own user account. You can donate anytime this year because they always start donations throughout the whole year. It's not just donating on November 4th. Now, you can get donations for people who just donate you a lump sum for just the whole entire event for the day on November 4th. Or you can have someone like donate okay two dollars per hour you stream or five dollars any way you want every dollar helps a hundred percent of it goes to the proceeds when you sign up in this net you can actually pick the children's miracle network hospital you want to donate to 
I personally live in Southern California. I picked the Hartford Children's Memorial Hospital because that's a hospital that I was born at and living in the small area that I did that I like to make sure these small areas get the money they need to the children's hospital because the kids are the future. Doing it for the kids, man. So don't forget extrahypeinlife.org slash gamer. Check out the team page. And of course, leading up to November 4th, we will probably have more information as we get closer to that because I believe they're at 9.7 million for last year. Uh, that sounds accurate. So, yeah, it that sounds does. Sounds accurate to me. We don't they have all, Troy they, here. They, they almost made the 10 million. I thought it was more like 9.1, but either way, it, it yeah. was between 9.1 and 9.7. Yeah, regardless, over 9 million, that would even destroy Vegeta's scouter because that is a lot. And that's it for our sponsors. So with that being said, we are going to do some shout-outs. Go ahead, Yield. So, uh, like I said, start a show. Huge shout-out for Alex for, uh, you know, not even knowing, but uh, giving me the inspiration to go back and get my Mercs 2 Platinum. Um, A shout-out, as always, to Alex and Lucia for recording this Sunday evening. Another good shout out to uh, Tricky and Troy and the Goddess and anybody else associated with Proven Gamer who was at PAX. You know, shake as Tricky put it, shaking hands and kissing babies. You know, get getting all the coverage, having a good time. I, I saw a tweet from I don't have my iPad with me. There was a tweet from a company that said that they had a really good time with Proven Gamer. So, you know, you know, way to go, guys. So I, I can't wait to read what you guys experienced and then have Troy and Tricky back next week telling, you know, all the fun that they had at PAX, the games they got to play, you know, and stuff like that. Um, shout out to the, the, the Hordom, the pimps and the madams of the Hordom, uh, listening, downloading, spreading everything that is Proven Gamer and Trophy Horrors. Uh, we appreciate you listening, and we thoroughly enjoy taking over the world one ear hole at a time. Okay, and Alex, your shout-outs? So yeah, uh, shout-outs, I want to give a shout-out to the listeners first and foremost. Thank you all for supporting us for as many years as you have. I think it's, what, six years plus for the show? Almost 300. Our next episode is episode 300. Holy shit! Uh, We could not have gotten to this point without you all. We could not have gotten on iHeartRadio without you all. So thank you, thank you very much for your continued support. Give a shout-out to the, the trophy horse here with me. Mark and uh, Yield. I almost called him by his real name. Um, I guess I guess as far as the listeners know, Yield is his real name. Um, but yeah, you guys, thanks for carving out some of your Sunday for me to spend some time with me and chat video games. Uh, and of course, to the Goddess and Tricky and Troy, uh, who are at PAX East, or who went to PAX East this weekend, and will surely have plenty to talk about when they are back on the show next week. Uh, I believe that's all my shout-outs. Uh, uh, I'll give another shout-out to, to Guerrilla Games for Horizon Zero Dawn because I will give a shout-out to them until I platinum the game and probably even after I platinum the game because it's it just one of my... It's one of the... I think within the past few years, it's the only game that I bought on release date. So it was a huge... Obviously, in the lead-up to the release, it was a huge game for me, and I am just... I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan, so uh, Guerrilla Games, thank you for making such a fantastic game. And I'm sure in true tricky fashion, my shoutouts are going to go, obviously, to 
Tricky and Troy enjoying PAX East. I'm I've seen the photos. Talk to the Tricky. I know they're you know shaking babies and kissing hands and you know checking out all these great games that they're showing there. And but obviously next week we'll have them back and can't wait to hear all the stories and the shenanigans they probably got into in Boston. Definitely a huge shout out to. Alex and Yield for helping me keep this podcast going today for my hosting as, you know, it's been Your demanded first and hosting. requested. My first hosting, hopefully not my last, is like, it could have been worse. I still think it was a good one. It was a so good one. That, you, you did fine. And it leads into the whoredom, thanking all of you guys. I know it's been joked about, voted on and this and that to have me actually host an episode and now you guys got your wish and like i said this will probably lead into i did a joke to tricky about it it's probably going to lead into our own spin-off show called the trophy trio i like it it's got a and nice ring to it it does it just it just does you know it's just a shenanigans show we can use it to replace remember the loot oh best and... podcast on the web right <laughs> Yeah, and then just, you know, the listeners, and shout out to my girl who is currently traveling, so that allotted me the time to get some Platinums, because I don't have to share television. I get to play all the games that I want when I'm not working. And because Tricky's not here to do his shout outs, obviously we're going to do a shout out to the goddess and sweet mama D as well. Cannot forget them. And with that being said, thanks for listening. And we are literally on the cusp, on the edge. We can taste episode 300. 300. So Mind-boggling. I know. 300. That being said, thank you for listening. And that is it. Happy 300 Eve. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.